Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. into um, our final, final thought today and our raise them up. And those of you who are not parents or those of you who are single or want to be a parent or out of the parenting stage, thank you for engaging uh, online. Um, and maybe you say, you know what, peace, I don't want to be there and you weren't here. I encourage you to go back and listen because parenting has more to do with your personal walk with God than it does to do with your ability to parent. And uh, so we need to understand that to be great godly parents, we have to be great godly people. And uh, so I want to encourage you, go back and listen. If you missed any of it, uh, some of us sometimes miss church, whatever, and that's fine. But, you know, you miss a Sunday. Hey, go back. You can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Holy Spirit. I'm just trying to get it out there. So come on, go back and listen. I want to encourage you to go back and listen. Don't just hear a message one time. There's no way we can process all that information from one listen. I encourage you to go back and listen again. These messages are curated for you at Love City Church. I'm not writing this message for a church down the street or a Christian in Belize. I'm writing this for you. Well, God's speaking to my heart for you and for our church and for me. And so I want to encourage you, go back and listen. Go back and, and listen to the words and listen to those things. And again, it's not about me. It's about what God's speaking to our church together. And so go on back and listen. And I want to encourage you to do that, parents. Um, you know, before we get into this today, I just uh, really felt like I, I needed a little bit of laughter. <laughs> Not because it's going to be heavy, just because it's been heavy the last uh, six weeks. We've been doing some heavy topics, and, and uh, I've taken a practical approach. We've been practical parenting, practical money, uh, and then we're going to get into some more spiritual stuff here soon. But come on, here's a couple of memes for you. Don't be so hard on yourself. The mom in E.T. had an alien living in her house for days and didn't notice. <laughs> Kids' summer schedule, fight, fight, lunch, fight, popsicle fight, fight while parents lay in fetal position, anarchy, bedtime. <laughs> For those of you who have small children, this one will make you laugh. Bathroom break, they will find you. <laughs> Come on, this one was hilarious. How do I put this? You will never sleep again. And then... And then for all the 90s kids out there, come on, when your kids complain, so you give them Disney Minus instead. <laughs> Get out the VHS. Look what we used to have to watch. Make sure you rewind it when you're done. <laughs> come on. Well, we're, you know, today, uh, as we look at the survey, you guys did a survey for me. I put it out there. You filled it out. Uh, the number two areas that you needed partnership in, in the practical area, was in the area of discipline and patience. <laughs> discipline and patience. In fact, it was almost like a large majority of people. That was their things. I need help with discipline, uh, and I need help with patience in the discipline. Uh, and so what we're going to talk about today is just some honestly thoughts that my wife and I have, have, uh, have talked through over the last 13 years. Uh, and I want you to hear me a couple of things. Firstly, uh, you know this, so me saying this makes it sound like you don't know this, but I know you know this. As you know, I am not a perfect parent. You in the back, I know it's hard to hear. Settle down. These don't come from perfection, but I do have people come and say, man, yeah, I love your kids. Your kids are awesome. What did you do? And I'm like, well, um, I just made sure that, that um, I, don't know, I was going to make a funny joke about my wife, but I'm not going to say that. 
Uh, obviously, you know, we're, we're carnal, we're human, we make mistakes. But there are some things in that that I think, okay, here's about four or five things. Practically, the Lord has shown me in my wife in our journey as parents. And our kids are not perfect by way, any way, shape, or form. But uh, definitely, uh, we can look at this a little bit. But the big revelation that I had in the beginning of my parenting journey was this, very simply, you are like God to your children. Uh, and I learned this uh, when I realized, uh, when I became a father and realized that in my journey of being a father or a mother, uh, that I realized that, that my children don't have a relationship with God yet. They, they don't really cultivate an intellectual relationship with Jesus until they're probably eight, nine, ten, seven years old. I mean, my, my Bray has been praying to be filled with the Spirit by evidence of speaking in tongues since he was four. Ezra wanted to be baptized when he was three, but I didn't let him. Why? Because intellectually they hadn't quite understood and so when they're younger, they don't have a relationship with God, but they have a relationship with you. So what they do is they look at you, they watch you, and this is scary, but they watch you, they see you, they observe you, and they realize that, man, this is an earthly expression of a disciple or of a follower of God or of what God looks like because we are created in the very image of God. We are a reflection of God. We are disciples of God. And so when our children at the youngest of age see us, they're seeing God. They're getting a version of what the Heavenly Father looks like. And unfortunately, we give them the good part, but sometimes we give them a false narrative because of our carnality. And so there's things about our, our upbringing that we, in our own life, that we think about our Heavenly Father that actually aren't true just because our father and our mother, whether good or bad, in their fallen nature, there's things about them that now we have a view of God that isn't true and we need to work that out of our thinking. And so we recognize that this can be unfortunate because we realize that many, 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 many times, there's, I don't think I've repented more in my life than when I became a parent, looking at my children, realizing, oh my gosh, the counseling bills are gonna be so expensive. <laughs> God, forgive me more times than I can even uh, uh, want to admit to you. I've had to repent, 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 repent because I have made mistakes with my children and I think this is definitely gonna screw them up. They're not gonna make it and God's faithful. He always helps them see past my grievances and my sin and God forgives me and so do they. But th this, this reality of me being a reflection of God to them is so true and so real that I realize that, man, I have to be, you know, the idea of being on for God all the time. Yes, I gotta be a disciple of Jesus all the time. <laughs> I can't just be a disciple of Jesus when I want to be. I got to be a follower of Christ and a reflection of the kingdom of God at all times. There's no greater way to become a disciple than becoming a parent. And when you get around your children, you see your, you see your strengths and weaknesses in your children. So we either abdicate our responsibility to be that godly figure because we see the weaknesses in them that makes us feel badly, or we say, hey, I recognize there's strengths and weaknesses in you, and I'm going to lean in knowing that our children will engage the relationship with God through the relationship with us. And so, you know, for those of you in the room who didn't have earthly great father parents, you were, maybe they were abusive, maybe they were not available, maybe they were not here, maybe they worked too much, maybe they passed away early on in your life, I want you to tell you today, you got this. You have an opportunity to rewrite your history. 
You got this. Come on, you got this. Come on, there's a new history for you. There's a new future for you. There's a new genealogy for you. You might be a first generation good parent, but guess what? You're going to be the first generation of many to come. Amen. And maybe you're here today and you have great parents. Well, come on, you've been able to now build. We're blessed to have wonderful parents on both sides. My in-laws are here in this church. My parents are followers of Jesus Christ. And so I, I get to build upon. Now you get to set that for your children. They get to build upon your example. And so if you've had parents that are not great or didn't made mistakes, listen, you get to make a choice today to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You get to make a choice today to rewrite your history. Your genealogy forever will be transformed by your conscious decision to say, I'm going to put Jesus first. I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to live in sin any longer. I'm going to follow after God. That decision will transform your genealogy forever. And so you have an opportunity. Don't, don't think that just because your parents were bad parents that you can't be a great parent by the power of the Holy Spirit and being a disciple of Jesus. He can shepherd you and guide you to be a great godly parent in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. So there's a few things I want to just share with you. Very pra- this is super practical today. Um, there's some things in recognizing that I am like God to my, to my children. There's a few things that I, I've recognized. So here's the first, first thing. Often poor behavior stems from their need for quality time with you, especially their dad. I have found over the years that when my children are acting up, it's often not just because they're terrible little kids. It's because I have neglected to prioritize my time with them. It's important you recognize this, that I've learned a few things. So my children are wired in a certain way. And I hope, Brian Ezra, I don't know if you're in the room today, but I hope you can forgive me for, I won't give you all the dirty laundry, but just little nuances of your behavior. How about that? My daughter grew up very fearful, very worried all the time. It, it, it led her, it was a wiring in her. It was something that she had inside of her. I don't know where she picked it up or if it was from us or from a previous generation. We don't know, but she just was always afraid and always fearful and always worrisome. But it went past just, just a concern for her, but it went into her behavior. And so when we would ask her to do something, she wouldn't obey because she was afraid. And so that's a, there was just something wired in her. Same with my son. My son isn't very clean. He just leaves a mess. Where, you know, Ezra is at the dinner table when the chicken turkey dinner is all over the table. Like, well, Ezra's been here and my father-in-law. So hello. <laughs> just kidding, Mark. I love you. That um, we recognize that he needs, to, these are just things in him that are wired. But, the, but I recognize that my children are not just these terrible children that are constantly bad. I recognize that there is value in my time with them. So my encouragement to you is to implement, my daughter calls it a takeout because she doesn't like me taking on a date. She thinks it's weird. Take a takeout. Take them on a takeout. One hour a week. Do what they want. What do you want to do? Ezra says, I want to play Mario Kart. Hallelujah. Let's play Mario Kart. And while we're playing Mario Kart, Ezra, how's school going? Well, it's good. A kid made fun of me today. Oh, he did? How does it make you feel, son? Hey, how's your walk with Christ going? Well, Dad, I, you know, I, I don't read my Bible as much as I should. Son, it's okay. Neither do I. But let's do this. Hey, can I help you read your Bible? Let's do that. Hey, son, hey, how's your purity going? Well, Dad, the other day I was watching on TV and I saw a girl and like a, you know, and it was made me feel funny. I said, oh, that's just, you know, puberty and girls. And good for you for telling me. Hey, Bray, how you doing? How, how's your life going today, Bray? Well, I'm, I'm loving school, but I'm feeling, hey, Dad, tell me about this in the Bible. Those are the moments when you will develop the deepest relationship with your children. And it literally could take you one hour of your week. There's something valuable about this thing that I encourage you to do. But with that, we'll find that what we're actually, because we are like God to them, we are actually teaching them how to have a devotion life. 
Because my children cry when they can't have that one hour with me. And in the same way, I'm teaching my children that in the same way you should crave for and desire time with your heavenly father. That one hour a week, it's not just for you and, and so they'll be good. It's so that you will teach them this is what a devotion life looks like. You spend time with your heavenly father. You talk to him about your stuff. You can do it while you're walking, while you're riding a bike, while you're doing yard work, while you're cooking dinner. You can spend time with your heavenly father and just shoot the breeze with him and talk with him and spend time with him. You are training your children how to have a devotion life so that this will be their prayer. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I, when can I go and meet with God? Right now, Brea says, when can I go and meet with dad? She cries if she can't be with me for that one hour because she loves it so much. I take her to Starbucks and buy, I do buy her a lot of things, but maybe that's why. But, you know, <laughs> we, go to, we go to Starbucks and, you know, get a cake pop and then we'll play games together. And now she beats me because I taught her all the, the, the how to beat me in games. And now she beats me and I lose my temper and I leave and it's just terrible. Just kidding. That does happen, but not all the time. Studies show that kids who receive one-on-one -on -one time do better at school with greater language skills and higher self-confidence. Pew Research says, and let me talk about dads for a minute, children who feel closest to their father are twice as likely as those who do not enter college or find stable employment after high school, 75% likely to have a teen birth, 80% less likely to spend time in jail, and half as likely to experience multiple depression symptoms. High levels of father involvement are correlated with higher levels of social ability, confidence, and self-control in children. Children with involved fathers and mothers are less likely to act out in school or engage in risky behaviors in their adolescence. One hour of investment into your children, you'll recognize that their behavior will shift. And that's when you adjust the wiring issue. Hey, Brea, why are we afraid? Hey, Ezra, why can't you clean up after yourself? It's discipline, son. Let's learn that. Let's talk about that. Their acting out can be dealt with through pastoral relationship with them in that one hour. And so I want to encourage you to take that time. And maybe you're here and you say, well, I don't have a dad in the home. or I don't have a mother in the home. I know there's single parents. I want to encourage you. Go out and find a godly, if you're a girl here, find a godly male or an uncle or a grandfather or someone at church. But let me encourage you on both sides. I want to really caution you as your pastor. Do not try to fill the parental void with just anyone. You will find yourself looking for love rather than looking for a pastor. You need to find a partner in the parenting, not somebody who can fill that void in your life. And I want to encourage you to pray, and the Lord will provide for you. Look what the scripture says, Matthew chapter 6. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need, single parent. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough trouble. Now, I'm not in your shoes. I don't know what it's like. I can't begin to even sympathize with what you're expressing and feeling. So I want you to hear me. I'm not minimizing your situation. But what I am saying is, don't allow yourself to fill that parental void when deep down you're just trying to meet your own void. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you so that that void in your child's life can be met with a godly uncle, a godly uh, grandfather, a godly brother, a godly person in the house of the Lord and cultivate that friendship relationship there, but make sure that you're not getting those two mixed up. Does that make sense? All right, the second thought here today. The goal is immediate obedience. Now I'm gonna say something and you might not like this and I'm just gonna encourage you to consider, please do not count to three. Please do not count to three. And here's why. 
When God speaks to us, he doesn't count to three. When God speaks to us, he wants immediate obedience, not delayed obedience. We need to train our children to obey the first time because that's what God wants from us. The purpose of obedience is not just that they'll obey us, it's that we'll teach them to obey God. God, our children need to learn what that looks like, obedience, by having a personal relationship with God. God is pleased with immediate obedience, willing obedience, not delayed obedience. 1 Samuel 15, the, uh, Saul was asked to do a bunch of things when he went to war to really, it was to massacre everybody. And he left King Agag alive and all the bleeding, all the sheep. And Samuel walked up and he said, look what I did. I did everything kind of like, right, you know, and I'm, I mean, I'm going to take care of Agag later and the sheep later, but like, you know, I did mostly all of it. And he says, no, he said, why do I hear the bleeding of sheep in my ears? And look what Samuel said. But Samuel answered, what pleases the Lord more, burnt offerings and sacrifices or obedience to his voice? It is better to obey than sacrifice. It's better to listen to God than to offer the fat of sheep. This is what we must train our children, immediate obedience. And this is what I tell my kids. Kids, I need you to obey. My daughter, when she was little, would take her little babies and say, you obey first time. You obey first time. Then she put them in a little timeout. You obey first time. Teach your children first-time obedience because this is what I say, guys. The reason I, the reason I didn't give you grace on the third time or the second time and I, I, I came down on you on the first time is because when God speaks to you, and he will, I don't want you to say, tomorrow, God, in a year, God. I wanted to say, yes, Father. Yes, Dad. What do you want from me, Father? And he says, oh, fantastic. I'm going to use you mightily for my kingdom. Now, here's the, the hard part, and you're probably going to hate this as much as I do. So I'm going to say it straight like I'm talking to myself, okay? The reason we don't expect immediate obedience is because I'm too tired or lazy to get up and do something about it right now. <laughs> I just find, I'm just so tired to tell you to do the same old thing. Whatever, do what you want. That moment, that's when we are training our children. And I, I know it's hard. Trust me. I get it. I'm in it with you. I'm in the fight with you to have immediate obedience. But when I tell my kids, kids, do this. Two, three. That's less about my kid and more about me. Because <laughs> I just don't want to take action right now. I don't want to get out of my lazy boy and set down my drink right now. I want to I delay it to give them a chance which is grace is good sometimes. We need to allow that. But we need to recognize that sometimes this, la this counting is less about our children and no more about me. And let me just say this. If my young child is running into the, a busy street, I want them to obey the first time. Yes. Come back here. Come back here. It's brutal, isn't it? Wow. I want them to listen the first time. It's for their safety. It's for their, their ability to hear the voice of the Lord. It's, we want to teach them immediate obedience in their life. Look at this in Proverbs 10, 17. People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. Now, you say, Ryan, if I count to three, are my kids going to go astray? Well, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying I want to encourage you to shift your parenting away from giving delayed obedience and learn however you can to adjust towards, no, I need you to obey right now. 
I need you to obey right now. We'll actually go weeks sometimes. We'll say, okay, we give a little grace sometimes. Hey, Ezra, I need to take out the trash. Doesn't take out the trash. Hey, bud, I need you to take out the trash. That happens. And I'll say, okay, buddy, let me help you. And there might be a reason, or maybe I'll just yell at him, take out the trash, like that. But not all the time. I never do that. Sometimes I'll say, okay, this week, we're just going to be on everything. This week, okay, this week, uh, this week coming up, we're going to discipline for everything just to kind of shore up some stuff. So anytime my kids, whether it's big or small, you know, hey, as you take out the trash, I don't want to, son, come right now. There's a consequence. You lost five minutes of video game time. You're going to go to bed five minutes early. Five minutes early, that'll get them. Like the whole world's falling down. I'm like, dude, it's literally five minutes. And then once you go in your room, I have no idea what you're doing. You could read a book. You could watch a show. I would never know. But bless his heart, he's afraid of that. Thank God. Hope he's not in the room right now. He's learning my tactics. <laughs> Set a week and say, okay, this week we are going to just immediate obedience. And remind your children, okay, we're in charge. God's king of our lives. We need to be immediately, uh, immediately obedient to him. And what you'll find is a lot of these behavior things that you're dealing with will get shored up because you said, okay. And then what happens is you get to show grace. You give him a consequence. Oh, okay, 10 minutes off your video game time or whatever. And then, Dad, I'm so sorry. He sincerely repents. Hey, son, you know what? I love you. I'm going to take five minutes off that. Thank you, Dad. I'm really more sorry, though. Could you take all of it off? No, just five. And I just added 10 back on. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, here's the next thing. You guys okay? All right. Oh, I want to give you this quote from Martin Luther. A true believer will crucify or put to death the question, why? He will simply obey without questioning. All right, here's the next one. Consistency is the name of the game. Consistency is the name of the game. Now, I'm not going to lie. How many of you know this is Donstein? The greatest revelation that I had with my children is that I am very, very selfish. (laughs) When I realized how selfish that I was, that often my consistency is attached to my selfishness, or my inconsistency, rather, that I'm often inconsistent because inside of me, I just don't want to take the time. I'm tired, it's a long day. How many of you relate? I'm tired, it's been a long day. You've done this 50 times. Like I just, whatever, this time, it doesn't matter, whatever. And then it goes from being consistent to being inconsistent because ultimately I'm just feeling like, oh, I'm just overwhelmed and I'm really focused on myself and I really don't wanna take care of it. How many of you ever felt like that before? That's normal, okay. But we cannot allow that to be our normal, our regular, our, our, our regular pattern of parenting. I realize that often my kids are, are, are being behavior issues because I'm just not willing to stay on top of it. And consistency is super important. Consistency is valuable. Now look at this scripture. Talk about consistency to what? Fathers, and I added mothers because truly the, the, uh, the, the Greek word there means fathers and mothers. <laughs> Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up, raise them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. This, identi- this verse identifies two ways to parent, my way or God's way. My way, which is often impatient, selfish, inconsistent, focused on results, focused on their behavior and not their heart, focused on how I look, focused on my time, focused on me, my way, or God's way, which is found in discipline and instruction of the Lord. And we see that consistency starts by choosing which way you're gonna go. In your consistency, which way are you going to parent? 
Are you going to parent in your way or are you going to parent in the Lord's way? If you're going to parent in the Lord's way, we'll talk about what that means in just a second. But you've got to make a conscious choice that I'm no longer going to parent from a place of impatience or fear or anger or insecurity. I'm not going to parent from there any longer. I'm going to parent in the way of the Lord as often as I can. God help me. Now, this word here, provoke, in this scripture, the word provoke here means to rouse, to wrath. It means to exasperate. It means to stimulate, to excite them, to anger, to, to have long, engaging, disputing arguments is what that word means. To provoke and to stimulate to a place, a place of anger. Now, often, as I mentioned, our way is a place of anger or frustration, and we are provoking them to respond in a way that's not of the Lord. Their, their response to our expectation for obedience is often in a way that's ungodly because often we are parenting them from an ungodly position. We're parenting them from our way. In this word provoke has a sense of demand. It's the idea in this word, it's the idea that we are expecting obedience, but the, the way we're expecting it is, is causing a response from them. They are simply responding to our uh, demand of obedience. We provoke them to anger by slipping out of God's way and slipping into our way. So my child is challenging my authority. I need you to do this. So I don't want to go to bed. Well, you need to go to bed right now. I've said it five times. You know, we need to go to bed right now. But, but like, dad, but dad, you know, but dad, but dad, I am not a but. Stop calling me that. But dad, in that moment, I choose consistency in my way or God's way, this is the moment when I can provoke anger or provoke something else. When I choose my way, gosh darn it, son, I've been talking to you for so long. I'm so upset with you. You're so, you're, why do you always do this? Why are you always like that? I'm so tired. Go to bed now. How many of you have ever done that? Never me, never. My wife has a problem, but never me. Or, we can respond in a way that provokes them to respond in God's way. This is a conscious decision, and it's very, very hard because you're in the heat of the moment. <laughs> but what happens is, it's very interesting, he says, do not provoke them to anger. Did you know that anger can lead our children to sin? Parenting them from our way can lead them to a place, don't let sin control you, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry for anger. Look at this, gives a foothold to the devil. Interesting, he says, parents, don't, don't parent your kids in a way that you're provoking them to being angry because anger can be a controlling factor in their life and actually create a foothold to the devil. We can't say, well, yeah, my kids never respond well. Yes, but it's not your response, responsible to, to make them respond better. You're responsible for how you parent them. And so I want to encourage you today that when you are leading your children and parenting your children, you need to choose to parent them God's way and God's heart and God's uh, direction with the way that he teaches us to parent them from the Bible. Now, many of us don't want to discipline our children because we love them. We don't want to discipline our children because we care about them. But I want you to know today that, that you are not their friend until the later years of their life. You, as a, a, as a younger child, are their mother and their father, and I'm gonna encourage you today, your responsibility is to discipline your children. So what is the way of the Lord? The way of the Lord, simply very, in this scripture, is the idea of discipline in 
uh, uh, consistency in discipline and instruction in God's way. The word discipline speaks to physical punishment, but it also speaks to adjusting the way that they think. The word instruction speaks to how we speak to them, the instructions that we give them, the things that we say to them. So if we are consistent in adjusting the way that they think through our discipline and consistent through speaking words of instruction or calling out areas of weakness in their life, we will see God begin to move, mold and change them. Here's three ways to discipline your children. First one is time out. Come on, young parents. It's three levels. Time out. Put them in a time out. You say, Ryan, what do I do? You stick them in the corner, and you stand there, and they're going to be in the corner for their age. So they're one years old. You're going to stand in the corner, and they get out of the corner. I put them back in the corner, and they get out of the corner, and I put them back in the corner. And this is really challenging at first. But eventually, they'll learn that you're going to go back in that corner, and my children would just stand there with their heads in the corner. So cute. Or you put them alone in their bedrooms or whatever. And studies have shown that timeouts is one of the most effective ways to change your child's behavior because they're learning in that moment there are consequences for my sin. So timeout. If they go past timeout, come on, give them a consequence. Come on, find out what your children love and take it from them. <laughs> consequences. Your children learn at a young age consequences. Maybe it's bedtime early. Maybe it's less uh, screen time. Maybe it's that toy they get taken away. And you take away that toy for the amount of time that their age is. So if they're one, you take it away for one minute. You set a timer. When the timer goes off, you have a talk with them and say, guy, listen, I would need you to obey the first time, okay? I love you with all my heart, son. Give the toy back to him. He does it again. Take it away and set a timer. The consistency in that will teach your children, my mom and dad, I can't get a fast one around them. They just keep taking away my favorite toy every time I do something bad. Ding. Oh. The third, and, uh, the third one is uh, physical discipline. Now, I, I want to be careful. We should shut off social streaming right now. Social, uh, physical discipline, don't use your hand. Use an object. The spoon will represent discipline and not you. Uh, never do this out of anger. Never do this first. Always weigh your options beforehand. Remember that you are punishing them out of love. Look at this scripture. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Many people don't discipline their children this way because they feel bad. Remember, this isn't about you. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. I want to encourage you. I know this is hard. It's one of the hardest things you'll do as a parent. But whether it's a timeout, whether it's a consequence, if your kids are older, give them a consequence. But write this down. If you have older kids, it's confront and consequence. Confront them on their sin. Have a conversation with them. Read a good book called Crucial Conversations and have confront them on their sin and then give them a consequence and let them feel what life's like when we disobey God. There is sin in our life. There's consequences. Finally, lastly here today, and I know I told you it's going to be really practical. The purpose of parenting is that they will be loyal to Jesus. Faith is the foundation of our Christian walk with God. Faith is the foundation of every single person on this planet. When you read in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it is the, the, the chapter about faith. It talks about the great things of faith. And then he comes into chapter 12 and says this word, therefore. And he talks about being crucified. He talks about discipline. And he talks about instruction. So in order for us to have faith, we have to crucify ourselves, take up our cross. We have to be disciplined, and we have to listen to his instruction. In order for your children to cultivate a life-giving, powerful faith in God, we must commit ourselves to discipline, instruction, and teaching them to die to themselves 
so that Christ can be magnified in their life. The purpose of our parenting, everybody, is not so that our children will be good. It's so that they will know God. The purpose of our parenting is that they'll be loyal to Christ. We need to focus more on their relationship with Jesus than their health. More in their relationship with Jesus than their intellect, than their brilliance, than their material prosperity, than their social position than their ability to dodge misfortune and sorrow and his pure happiness. The purpose of your parenting isn't so that you have the greatest hockey player or that you have the smartest kid or they make the most money. The purpose of your parenting is to raise children who are loyal to the name of Jesus Christ. Children who lay their lives down for Jesus. Children who give their lives to Christ. Children who serve the house of the Lord. Children who put Jesus first in every area of their life. Now, this is what I've realized as a parent. The only way for my children to be loyal to God is if I'm loyal to God. The only way for my children to receive discipline is if I receive discipline. The only way for my children to work out these behaviors in their life, I gotta work on my behaviors. The only way for them to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is if I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The only way that my children are gonna learn to read the word is if I learn to read the word. A parent... If you just pursue Jesus, just read his word. Fill your home with spiritual music, Christ-centered music. Spend time with them and talk with them. Fill your home with the very presence of the living God and pursue the Holy Spirit and talk about Jesus around your table and don't be afraid of topics that are scary. Bring them into your home because folks, it's, it's really not that challenging to be a parent when Jesus is driving the parenting. When the Holy Spirit's leading you and giving you supernatural capacity and strength. Say, Ryan, I'm so tired. I get it. I've been there. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit can give you supernatural capacity, especially those of you who have tons of kids. Hallelujah. Proc Davies. You need like 50 grace level doses. But God can give you that grace. He can give you the power. We, you know, one of the prophetic things this guy said to me was like, Ryan, I believe that you're building a church for generations. Say, Ryan, why'd you do three weeks on parenting? Because we're not, I'm not just giving this message for you today. I'm talking to your children's children. That one day we're going to have people in the house of the Lord. They're going to serve Jesus. Amen. That our children will serve God. Amen. Amen. That our children's children are going to serve God. Amen. Because we chose to say, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm going to let God parent me. I'm going to let God transform me. And I'm going to say yes to the Lord. I'm going to open up my ear to him and say, yes, Jesus. I want your way in my life. Come on, won't you stand to your feet? We're just going to pray real quick. And I want to sing this song, if that's okay, Pastor James. You're ready for me. I just want to pray for you guys today. Parenting's hard. And those of you in the room, I know that there's a few of you praying for kids. I want to pray and believe that you're going to get pregnant in the name of Jesus. I just like maybe there's some moms and dads here today that are feeling weary, not just physically, but in your spirit. Maybe you're here today and you want a kid, want a child, you feel weary in that. Maybe your kids are out of the house and you're feeling lonely or sad. Come on, I want to just see by a show of hands today. Does that, that relate to you today? Man, I just feel like I just need some prayer. I'm not going to call you forward, but I just want to pray for you. You're in the room, just put your hand in the air. Say, Ryan, I'm just feeling weary in my spirit. I'm feeling weary in my parenting journey today. I just want you to pray for me. Come on, come on, anybody else in the room, all across the room? You're just feeling weary today in your journey with parenting and 
want the Holy Spirit to come right now and just give you a fresh strength. Come on, right now, would everyone just close your eyes for a moment? Father, we just pray. Lord, parenting's really hard, Lord, especially when they're really young. It takes away physically, and when they get older, it takes away mentally. <laughs> Sometimes both. And so, Father, I just pray for supernatural grace. For those who raise their hands today, God, and are just feeling disconnected, feeling overwhelmed, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would come and you would fill them with a new joy. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you fill them with a new strategy? Lord, give them a supernatural strength, Lord, to parent and pastor and love their children, to, Lord, to choose your way, discipline and instruction, to shape their mind and to speak words of life to them. Lord, we just pray today, God, that you would fill them and you would, Lord, rejuvenate them today. Give them a supernatural grace today to parent. Lord, for those who are wanting children, we pray, Lord, that they would become pregnant in the name of Jesus Christ. Open their womb right now. We pray for miracles in their body. And Lord, we pray the Lord, the hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a promise fulfilled is a tree of life. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for our time in this series and we pray that we continue the conversation as a church to be the best parents that we can be for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, come on, let's just sing this song real quick. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.